Support for Alleist comes from FX, presenting Feud, Capote vs. the Swans, the story of writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women nicknamed the Swans, from executive producer Ryan Murphy, Emmy eligible in all limited series categories. Support comes from Rancho La Puerta, a health resort 45 minutes outside of San Diego. Summer packages include fitness classes, hiking, live music, mindfulness, and culinary adventures with fresh fruits and veggies. RanchoLaPuerta.com LAS Studios. You're listening to How to LA. I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Today, we're talking about schools. Even if you're not a parent in the LA Unified School District, you probably are aware of its size and the challenges of managing a system of 1,400 schools and 400,000 students across the city from Silmar to San Pedro, from Westwood to El Sereno. In many respects, it's like managing a small country. It's a lot. Now, imagine having to configure every classroom every year for every school based on an expectation that a certain number of students show up on the first day of school. Then, at the start of the school year, some of these students don't come. Everything needs to change. Sounds like a logistical headache, right? Well, it's a process that continues to plague LAUSD every year. Today, we'll get into how it works, what's at stake, and what one school is doing about it. Mariana Dale is a LAUSD education reporter. Hey, Mariana. Hey, Brian. So this process I just described is called Norm Day. Can you start with the basics and explain what it is and how it works, and why is it called Norm Day? Okay, so this is a classic case of education jargon. From all the research I've done, LAUSD is the only district that uses that term. Other places might call it census day. Mm. They call it norm day because it's this process of matching up the number of students with resources, and they call that norming. And here's what happens. On the fifth Friday of the school year, that's usually sometime in mid-September, LAUSD counts up all of its students and checks to see if the school has the right amount of staff, including teachers. If they're down even two students, a school can lose a classroom teacher and have to redistribute the kids. So it kind of sounds like this count ultimately affects class size? It does, and it's about money. California funds schools based on how many students, on average, show up in the classroom each day. Because jargon, of course, this also has a special name, and that's called average daily enrollment. Mm. And that money is how schools pay teachers. Class size also depends on some other factors like state law, the age of the kids in class, what types of programs the school offers. And then there's the teacher's labor contract, which has in recent years called for smaller class sizes. Gotcha. So what happens if a school has too many kids in one class or maybe too few in a, in a class? So if they have too many kids to like a level that exceeds what the state says, there can be a financial penalty. And then if there's too few students, it doesn't really make financial sense to keep that class. And so sometimes smaller schools have to mix grades in a classroom. That means one teacher could have, say, third and fourth grade students in the same room and have to teach them pretty much at the same time. So you're saying this is happening now in LAUSD? 
Yeah, so combination classes is is one strategy that you'll see. Sometimes we've seen it in transitional kindergarten where they maybe don't have enough four-year-olds to start this whole new grade level, so they just mix them in with the kindergarten students. But sometimes it happens in other grade levels too, fourth and fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade in the same class. You get the picture. You know, I was talking to our executive producer, Megan Larson, and it happens to mm-hmm. her child in her elementary school where it's combined and it's rough for students and teachers, right? Yeah, definitely, because you have older kids and younger kids who are now in the same classroom. Sometimes parents are worried, like, are the kids going to get along? And then as a teacher, you're having to think about how to create lessons for kids that are in two different grade levels instead of just one grade level. So it just kind of sounds like a headache all around. You know, what's what's the effect of all that? Well, the weeks before Norm Day, you have administrators that are scrambling to enroll more students before Norm Day. Sometimes they are literally like knocking on doors in the neighborhood to try and find kids that haven't shown up. And then you have these parents and families who are like, what's going on with my kid's teacher? Why are they gone all of a sudden? And they feel like it's something that's really disruptive, you know, more than a month into the school year. Let's talk more about Norm Day after the break, why it exists, and what one school is doing about the process. Support for LAist comes from FX is What We Do in the Shadows. Follow the nightly exploits of vampire roommates Nandor, Laszlo, Nadja, and Colin Robinson as they navigate the modern world of Staten Island with their human familiar. Starring Kayvon Novak, Matt Berry, Natasha Dimitriou, Mark Prokish, Harvey Guillen, and Kristen Shaw. Emmy eligible in all comedy categories. Television Academy members can watch all episodes at fxnetworks.com FYC. Support comes from Rancho La Puerta, a health and wellness resort just 45 minutes from San Diego, recently voted a top international destination spa by readers of Travel and Leisure magazine. Summer retreat packages of three, four, or seven nights include hiking, water classes, mindfulness, spa therapies, and culinary adventures with farm-fresh ingredients. Learn more at RanchoLaPuerta.com. We are back with Mariana Dale, who reports on education. So, Mariana, million-dollar question, why does this count happen this way, and are district officials conscious of how much of a struggle all of this is? So every school's got to figure out their staffing based on how many kids they actually have. But some other districts do it differently than LAUSD. There are other large districts in the area like Long Beach and San Bernardino City that typically recalibrate their enrollment earlier in the school year, whereas LAUSD waits until the fifth Friday of the school year. It's norm day. And one complaint is that at that point, Kids have gotten attached to their teachers. Teachers have already started to build relationships with their students, get them comfortable with their teaching style. And it's really disruptive to have to change that all around, potentially. I asked an LAUSD spokesperson about why it's five weeks, and they said they need that extra time to enroll students. Mm. And the district is definitely aware it's a problem. I read an LA Times story published in 1991, Brian, that basically reiterates everything that we have just talked about 1981 yes like the year i was born people were like doing stories about how this is a problem um and last year the district superintendent said in a statement that this brings upheaval to school districts and it needs to be improved 
So I asked the district, has anything changed? A spokesperson said no. But after my story published, they reached back out to say that the district was working through some internal changes and was making money available to help schools retain their teachers. And that's a perfect segue that gets me to the part of your reporting where people have been advocating for change. Parents at an LAUSD school in Atwater experienced the bad effects of Norm Day after losing some teachers and wanted to do something about it. What happened? So almost immediately, Atwater Avenue Elementary parents started brainstorming. One of them was Kirsten Eggers, whose son is losing his third grade teacher at this point. I immediately went into research mode and I went deep into the LA Unified uh paperwork and whatever, you know, contracts and all of this information online and the UTLA contracts online, because it just it just seemed outrageous. And the parents used all of that information to plead their case to school and district leaders and the school board. And then you had other parents who started an online petition. And they also emailed journalists, including me. What was the immediate effect on the school? And can that be maintained year after year? Well, an LAUSD administrator with knowledge of what was going on said school and district leaders were already on it when families reached out. And ultimately what happened is that the district chipped in some money and so did the school and they ended up being able to keep two of the three teachers from being displaced. But here's the big picture. LAUSD has been steadily losing students for 20 years. The city is expensive, families are leaving, and the people that are here are having fewer kids. And then we had the pandemic, which accelerated enrollment declines. But one potential bright spot for schools and families is transitional kindergarten. That means any four-year-old is eligible to sign up for a free preschool program in the district, and they're hopeful that might bring more students. So going back to affecting change and kind of helping people advocate for themselves. What about schools which parents might not be as plugged in or might not have the resources to fight for this change? You know, what bigger lessons can be learned here? What I've learned from parents is that the biggest resource for information and support is often other parents. Parents can get involved with their local parent-teacher organization, usually called their PTA. Uh, There's local advocacy groups in Los Angeles Unified, or even just start talking to the people in the neighborhood like, hey, what's up with your kid's classroom? Have you heard about this Norm Day thing? And there are other ways to speak up. You can email school leaders directly, speak at the public comment during school board meetings. Lori Rosales is one of the Atwater parents I met while reporting on this story, and this was her big takeaway. It just goes to show parents how powerful we are, that we do have a really big voice in public education and that we can use it wisely and be supportive to not only our school, but other schools. Do you see a time when this norm day goes away and the district does something different with the student count? Because it just seems so disruptive sometimes. So it does sound like the district is trying to make changes that would make this process easier for educators and hopefully more transparent for parents to actually understand what's going on in their kid's school. Um, We'll have to wait and, and see if that happens. And the reality is that trying to operate a school is really complicated and schools often have limited funding. They're trying to figure out how to spend it the best way possible. And families, they really want want to be a part of that process. If people are curious about this topic, Norm Day or anything else in, you know, K through 12 education, can they contact you? 
Absolutely. In every single one of my stories, you can click on my name at the top of the story and reach out. And you can also find me on social media. I love to hear from people. Great. Thanks for coming on the show today, Mariana. Thanks for having me, Brian. You can read more of Mariana's coverage on LAist.com. How to LA is produced by Monica Bushman, Megan Botel, Evan Jacoby, and Victoria Alejandro. Hasmik Pagosian engineers the show. Megan Larson is our executive producer, and I'm your host, Brian De Los Santos. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. On inheriting. To Tuan Trong, his home country is a lost country. What's keeping you from going back to Vietnam? The communists. Uh, I, 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 can't, I can't stand to see them. But his son Bao longs to live there, the very country Tuan fled. Being homesick for a, a place that's never been home. Listen to Inheriting from LA Studios and the NPR Network, wherever you get your podcasts.